Hey, hey, Haley. Hey, Haley. Yeah. Question for you. What? If you were, let's say you were going into the land of the dead and you needed a spirit guide animal, what would it be? Mm, shark. Like I'm not just a shark. Yes. Any specific colors, any weird flares, or would it just be Bruce Ooh. from Jaws? Ooh. It would be Bruce from Jaws, um, but he can fly, obviously. Uh, obviously. He would be purple and have rainbow gills. What about you? I think mine would have the head of a monkey with the antlers of a reindeer and the body <laughs> of a porcupine. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like a Libra, or what is it called? The Liger. <laughs> Do you not recognize that? No, what is that from? That's from The Office. When Michael Scott thinks God is dead, and so he's asking for a new religion, and he starts thinking of, like, different deities, and one of them he does, it's that description. He also talks about um, a giant buffalo with some sort of monster-like body with a walrus and the head of a sea lion, or something with the body of an egret and the head of a meerkat. <laughs> No, I don't remember any of that. I'll have, I'll have to send you the clip, but I just <laughs> thought, you know, when I thought of this question, my initial idea was an owl or a fox or something, but I thought yeah. that was boring. And then I remembered the monkey with a porcupine body, <laughs> just monstrosity that Michael Scott described, and that's what I want. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> You just kept going. <laughs> I didn't know when you were going to stop. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, should, we, should we start the episode? We should start. Okay. Cue the music. sister and i'm zach the brother and this is laughing at ourselves welcome to our podcast about movies each month one of us chooses a theme or topic and we spend the month discussing movies we love or that we grew up with or just that we love to hate and we're here to just talk about movies we love yeah. hi Haley. hey zach how are you doing i'm all right how are you? <laughs> I'm a little buzzed. <laughs> so am I. Um, dear listeners, we are coming to you on election night, and uh, Haley and I are a little stressed. Oh. So um, this is probably going to be a shit show of a night, so we thought let's do a recording of something light and fun. And we chose a movie about death, so. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so, so what's going on, Haley? How are you doing? Uh, Mental uh, health check. Um, you know, I feel the stress of myself personally and then of the world, well, of our country, I guess I should say. What about you? Yeah, I, um... I've just felt a sense of dread for weeks now, and mm -hmm. I'm just, I know that we're not going to know anything concrete probably tonight, but I'm just, I don't want to be angry and stressed anymore, so I'm hoping that this is over soon, but it's unlikely, so <laughs> I have made myself a very strong Moscow mule, and I am a little buzzed. Yes, and I have had um, 
I haven't really eaten too much today, and I had a few gulps of wine, and that about did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so boy. this is going to be a fun one. Not Do fun you tomorrow have morning. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I don't expect tomorrow to be fun, regardless of the results, so we shall see. Uh, before we jump into our movie, uh, uh-huh. Pop Culture Corner, is there anything just simple or, or new that you are into right now that you'd like to share with our dear listeners? Uh, oh, yeah, I watched... Um... I watched a ton of horror movies because uh, it was, you know, I don't know, horror movie night. Uh, well, Halloween. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what movie did I watch? <laughs> My favorite shirt. <laughs> um, oh, I watched The Hills Have Eyes. It was uh, made by Wes Craven. It was, like, I think one of his first movies, um, and I hated it. Oh, my gosh. It was so boring. I literally looked up how to, like, you know how on YouTube you can speed up, like, the process or, like, a podcast. You can speed up the process of they don't have that for movies, and I tried to look to see if they did because it'd be, like, one shot of a blink, a slow blink. It was, like, dear God. This is going to be the longest movie ever. I think what you're talking about, Haley, is fast-forwarding. No, it's... (laughs) No. I wanted to make it clear. (laughs) It's not fast-forwarding. Because then I couldn't hear the words. But I should have just not watched it. It's racist. (laughs) Had the N-word in it. I was like, holy fuck. Um, uh, What else... It was just so boring. Oh my! Have you seen it? I have not seen the original. I watched the remake, and I was not a fan because it has a very bad rape scene in it. And oh so gosh! Was, yeah, and it was really gross. And that, like, the poster of the movie shows a girl laying on the bed, and a hand is pressing her head down. And then Ew. in the unrated version. You know, in the rated version, it's her just looking up at whoever is attacking her. But in the unrated version, it's her screaming, looking up. And I just, yeah, not a fan. Yuck. Yeah, I'm just going to steer clear of that. I love everything else Wes Craven has done, like Scream, all that. That's good. But ignore that one. That one's not good. It's boring. But what about you? (laughs) Um... Well, if we're going to continue the horror thing, I you told me to watch the um, the movie Host on Shudder. Oh, yeah. And, and I enjoyed that. That was, I mean, it was basically um, like the movie Unfriended, but a 50-minute Zoom call with some horror aspects. And, it was a uh, good I liked, one. I liked that. Uh, to try and calm myself a little bit during the just clusterfuck that is this election process i have gotten um back kind of more into animal crossings new horizons <laughs> so that's been nice that's a little therapeutic i um, love animal crossing i know you need to get the game so that we can play together oh my zach i have no self-control my whole life would be dedicated to that game and my island um Haley, what do you think my whole quarantine was? <laughs> I, am, I am ashamed and not ashamed to say that that was my therapy during quarantine, especially in the beginning. And I think I have about a thousand hours logged on that game and oh. it came out in March. So. Oh, a thousand? Right a thousand hours. What? Well, I have a lot of hours logged into sims so i guess yeah that makes sense i understand the no self-control but you should get it i could help you out and we could have lots of island fun time tours so except if all of my neighbors go to your island i would be devastated that happened to me before (laughs) like i get so attached to my neighbors that I hate visiting other people's islands because all of a sudden they're like, I'm not happy here. I'm moving to 
Mimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
I thought Wally was their most beautiful until this. Um, yeah. I, it, I wouldn't rank it in like my top tier. My favorite mm-hmm. Pixar film is Ratatouille, um, followed closely by Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inside Out is one of the few films that I ugly cried in the theater to, um, just because that was what Riley goes through in that movie is what I went through, like the mm-hmm. moving across country and dealing with those. So, um, at that age group, um, this, but this is clearly their most beautiful movie. Like you can tell that they put love and passion into designing this movie. So, oh yeah, they like hired a ton of uh, people or like. They had so many people review this film to make sure they got it culturally right, which I really appreciate. So I wanted to know the process about that. And they had um, their premiere in Mexico City, which it was like adored by everyone. But I'm glad that they got everything right. Well, Pixar normally does, except Brave. We don't talk about Brave. It's horrible. (laughs) Oh, I you don't like Brave? No. Do you? I don't hate it. It's not their best movie, but I... I think it's easily their worst. Or, wait, I, no, Cars is the worst, right? I, I, I've never seen the Cars movies. I refuse to watch those. Those are the... <laughs> so... Um, yeah, to your point about its release on in Mexico, it was actually released early in Mexico, um, the day before Dia de los Muertos. And it became the highest grossing film in Mexico. Oh wow. In 2017, like it beat out The Avengers, which was their highest grossing. Holy crap. So, yeah, this movie it I mean, I looked up a little bit about this. It the budget for this movie was 175 million dollars, which is a a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess how much this movie made worldwide? I'm going to say half a billion. 807 million. Ah, uh, almost a billion. Holy crap. Yeah. It, uh, it, within its first five days, it made 150 million. So Holy crap. It almost made back its entire budget within the first five days of premiering. Like, this movie was a big deal when it came out. Um, and, you know, I think, I think you're, you're right on. I, when I saw that, um, the director of this movie, uh, whose name is, uh, it was Lee Unkrich. He is one of the like originals from Pixar. He's -hmm. the one who like pitched to this story and he is not Mexican, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, if it, why would they let, like, why is this, why is a white man making a story about Dia de los Muertos? But he actually brought on for writing and co-directing Adrian Molina, who mm-hmm. has been with Pixar for a while, has done a lot of, like, animation work for them. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote, he co-wrote the screenplay based on, uh, Ungrich's story and then helped direct it. So it's really cool that, you know, they, you can see that they, they tried as hard as they could. I mean, I think they could have done a little bit more, but they tried as hard as they could to include Mexican or Mexican American artists and filmmakers into the process of this movie. Um, I, one thing I wanted to share that I I found that I thought was really interesting, um, Coco is the first ever motion picture with a nine-figure budget that features an all-Latino cast. Except one. Except one. And it's like a little guest... And we'll get to that when we, <laughs> and we talk about it. But the main cast is all Latino. Yes. And this is the first ever film with a nine-figure budget to have an all Latino main cast. Oh, I love which that. Which is 
it's wild that it took until 2017 to do that, but it's still, I love that it's a Pixar film that does that. Yes. Go Pixar. I'm going to stop this for a commercial break. Um, uh, (laughs) 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 And we're back. So Coco, um, let's see. I had some cool facts about this movie that I wanted to share with you. Uh, so I think generally in case you haven't seen Coco, which you should, it is beautiful. It is a wonderful movie. Uh, it is a 2017 movie, uh, by, directed by Lee Unkrich and Adrian Molina. Uh, it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Film and Best Song for Remember Me. Um, let's well see. deserved. The, yep. The cast is the cast is great. I'm I'm not familiar with too many of them. Uh, it's led by Anthony Gonzalez, who plays Miguel, the twelve year old protagonist, and the, his main counterpart in this is uh, Hector who is played by Gail Garcia Bernal, who is an actor I actually do quite enjoy. You'll have to look him up. Uh, Summary for Coco. This story follows a 12-year-old boy named Miguel who was accidentally transported to the land of the dead, where he seeks the help of his deceased musician great-great-grandfather to return him to his family among the living and to reverse his family's ban on music. So it's about a boy who loves music, even though his family has banned anyone talking about music due to something his great, great grandfather did. And when he accidentally ends up in the land of the dead, he, it's just his wild adventures of going through land of the dead to try to get back home. Um, I mean, is that is that a good summary? That's a is... good rundown. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's see. They had been working on this movie in some capacity since like 2010. Took them like seven years. This was the longest production period for a Pixar movie. You um, can see that. Yeah, Lee Lee Unkrich who who worked on Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. He pitched the idea initially to uh, to Pixar back while he was working on Toy Story 3, and then it just took this long for it to kind of take off. Um, so, let's see. In This was a little bit of controversy that they had that, you know, some people kind of went against Pixar in early development stages of this movie because in 2013, Disney made a request to trademark the phrase Dia de los Muertos. Oh, gosh. Disney, (laughs) stop it. They wanted it for merchandising applications. Oh, my Um, gosh. And I think that they were planning on naming the film Dia de los Muertos. And uh, a lot of people criticize disney and pixar for doing this you can't just do that there was a mexican-american um artist a cartoonist who drew a film poster titled muerto mouse and it was a picture of like mickey mouse godzilla size (laughs) just destroying a town and it had the byline it's coming to trademark your cult your cultura culture i'm i shouldn't try to speak spanish because <laughs> i'm not a native speaker and i'm also buzzed so um, yeah it's i mean there was a change.org petition for this movie uh for the like uh um the fact that they wanted to trademark dia de los muertos and so disney dropped it and I think Good. that's part of why they changed the name to Coco. Um, this is the first Pixar film 
to show an on-screen death. Did it show? Every, oh, every yeah. Other, every the other um, Pixar film has shown death off-screen, but it actually has two on-screen deaths. It's the bell falling uh-huh. and then the poisoning. Chodiso. I'm joking. Yep. <laughs> um, and, oh, Chorizo, I have... I have a funny story about Chorizo. No, um, it's Chodiso. <laughs> um, I know mom, our mom, uh, loves Chorizo. And Chodiso. Chorizo. Uh, we, I went to breakfast with her and dad and Aunt Teresa and uh, Uncle Brent. <laughs> And our mom loves chorizo. Yes. <laughs> but refuses to eat sausage. I know. <laughs> and mom, if you're listening, stop listening now. Uh, our Uncle Brent thought this was funny because chorizo <laughs> is just flavored sausage. But mom doesn't like <laughs> sausage because she knows what it's made of Mm -hmm. so the entire breakfast uncle brent was trying to tell her what chorizo was made of and she kept (laughs) telling him no so it was just a fun little breakfast experiment experience of just wanting mom wanting to just enjoy her chorizo and not be bothered by knowing that it's made of sausage just with extra flavors and Uncle Brent trying to mess with her. So, and anytime I love, I love chorizo, and anytime I can get it, I, I will. But anytime I order it, I think of just that breakfast where. I love it. So, I just don't want to spoil chorizo for mom because I know she loves it, even though it is just oh, sausage knows. with. She is still like that till this day. You cannot yeah. tell her what it's made of. She doesn't want to know. Spoilers, it's just sausage with extra extra flavor. <laughs> I'm still going to eat it. I love Judy, so. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, what else do we have? Um, I have a lot of little things that that deal with like specific scenes in the movie. Uh, were you aware that, that it is a big thing for, um, there's like a lot of studies, especially in England about the power of music and how that can help dementia and Alzheimer's patients. Uh, I haven't heard of that study, but I've heard of other music studies. So I'm not, that's pretty amazing. What was the results? Yeah. Well, it's just that it, you can watch videos, it's online, but people playing, like, for elderly people who are almost unresponsive, who have Alzheimer's or dementia, if you, like, put headphones on them and they hear the music, they instantly engage with it. It, it triggers something in, the, in their mind. And that is a big part, I think, of the end of this movie in that, you know, Coco is forgetting and then Miguel plays the song for her and it triggers so yeah uh let's see do you want to guess what the most difficult film for them to what the most difficult thing for them to animate in this movie was it was their butts wasn't it no what that would be hilarious but no I read that it was because uh they had trouble with um the skeletons because uh, when they bent over, you could see the, their little bony butt, and they had it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I did read that they struggled a lot with with how to animate the skeletons, because with every other movie they've made, their animations have, like, muscle systems, so they kind of have that figured out. But no, the most difficult thing that they struggled with was the flower petal bridge. That is raining the petals down. Oh, wow. 
because I mean that the shot any any shot including that especially the long shot of like you see the bridge and you know it also like it looks like gorgeous. flowing water yeah oh man the the colors in this movie are just chef's I love kiss. and and yeah chef's kiss they do this on purpose the town that Miguel lives in it looks very drab and like gray colors because they wanted the land of the dead to just be vibrant. They didn't want it to be crazy and wacky and, you know, not make sense, but they designed it very purposely so that it had so much color and so much personality. And it were, I think it works so well when you have it, uh, you know, them going over that very beautiful bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the facts that I was reading about this movie, it's a lot of just little details that it's just typical Pixar of how good they are at finding every little thing that just makes the movie authentic. You know, just whenever Miguel's playing the guitar, um, you can see, like, his fingers take the shape of the actual chords that he's playing. Oh, yeah. Like they w- so That's cool. So a musician can't be like, that's not it. Yeah. So that's about all I have. I, I think I'm going to let you take over, Haley, because, I mean, you chose this movie, and I've, uh, I want to hear initially, like, what, what, what did you think on your first viewing? Um, what did I think on my first viewing? Well, I thought, why did it take me so long to watch this movie? Um, I thought it it was beautiful and it made me cry like a little baby. Not as much as that, (laughs) but I cried. Um, I just thought it was amazing. Um, we both are from Arizona, so kind of seeing that culture, I don't know for you, but for me, it's very comforting. So it's very much a comfort film for me. What about you? Sure. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I was... Born in Arizona, we lived there for quite some time. I moved yeah. back to Arizona. I love the Southwest. I mean, mm-hmm. I was born and lived in Sierra Vista for a while, and that's not as great of a place. But, <laughs> you know, Arizona is still, it's got a special place in my heart. So it's, you know, the this movie deals with a culture that I'm not a part of, but mm-hmm. I can appreciate because... It's always been kind of in my surroundings mm-hmm. growing up. So, the yeah, it's lovely. It's They clearly had a respect for the culture that they were trying to portray in this. I agree. Um, so you loved it. What did Amanda think? She Your loved wife. it, too. She, she, Amanda, my wife, um, I, I was told that I had to identify... Amanda as my wife. <laughs> apparently, in some of the episodes, I've just talked about Amanda without saying that Amanda is my wife. She is my lovely, beautiful <laughs> wife of five years. Um, she loved it. She was very happy. She, uh, the movie ended, and she was like, "Who, who's been cutting onions in this in this house? This is ridiculous." So, uh, it hit her pretty hard. Um, yeah, we 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 both enjoyed it. It like I said it's not it's not my favorite Pixar film, but it's a Pixar film. So you uh, there are a couple occasions where they've stumbled, but I don't think you can really go wrong with a Pixar movie. So No. What was your favorite part? I think the the moment where his great great grandmother sings. Oh, Coco. And not not. Oh, I'm sorry. Not Coco. His like in the um, in the land of the dead, when mm-hmm. his great great grandmother, the one who like started the family <gasps> shoe business. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And she gets brought up on the stage and she sings in front of an audience and she's Mm -hmm. like singing to her family but also avoiding the guards and like just that whole sequence i thought was wonderful what Mm -hmm. about you um 
I love the Poco Loco performance with um, with Miguel playing with his uh, great great grandfather. That was a lot of yeah. fun being able to see them perform, and it was his first performance, and he killed it. It was amazing. Yeah, that was very good as well. Did you know that this movie was going to be, there were going to be a lot more musical moments, like it was going to be a Frozen or Tangled level thing mm-hmm. where it was sing-along and they ended up cutting a lot of the music, which That's a I, don't think, I don't think Pixar has had a full musical film, no. but uh, it probably would have worked for this. They, I mean, they recorded music for it so that it would have been a musical, but they cut it back. So that's a bummer. I really liked the music in it. It was great. Yeah. Oh, it it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Michael Giacchino. I'm butchering his last name. <laughs> he is a composer that is has been very prolific. He did the music for Up, so mm-hmm. it makes sense that they brought him back for this. We uh, when the um. What was I going to say? At my wedding, we played music from Up. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Oh, that was rough. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, if I was not already crying, I was crying definitely then. (laughs) Yep. No, but, um, yeah, that was a great scene as well. Um, What else? Mm. What else we got? I have just a bunch of random things that crack me up. Like, I love that they called that one guy Chodiso because he choked on Chodiso. <laughs> but, like, we Hector. later find out his fate. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, a humiliating death. Like, who does that? Chokes on Chodiso, but he really got poisoned, so that's better. I mean, there's there's worse ways to go than dying from a delicious 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 <laughs> sausage oh no <laughs> <laughs> yes um just like i don't know there was little quirks that made me crack up like so miguel stole the guitar from uh this i don't know this tomb and it was what he believed was his great-grandfather, but it was actually his great-grandfather was a fucking asshole and stole everything. So it wasn't, well, whatever. Anyway, he stole it, and he became into the Day of Dead because he stole it from the Day of the Dead. But anyway, I thought it was funny because he had a chance to go back, and he took the grandmother's blessing to come back. And he steals the guitar again. It was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I know. That was great. Uh, there's no delay in it. He just instantly takes the guitar and then falls back into the land of the dead. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I, I don't know. Is there any little like things? There were a lot of things that cracked me up in it. Yeah, I, I thought... Um, his his spirit animal guide dog Dante was great. Um, I guess the dog was named after uh, Dante Alighieri, the the poet who wrote the Divine Comedy. I didn't you know, know that. that the, no, you know the Divine Comedy. No, I thought it was Dante's Inferno. Well, that's. I mean, that that's what. Uh, Dante's Inferno is based off of it's the divine comedy of um, the poet who goes to hell to find his lost love and he goes through the seven layers of hell and then goes to purgatory and then to heaven. I never read it. Yeah, the poet of that, his name is Dante Alighieri. So, you know, the dog is Miguel's guide through the land of the dead and... That, that was one of the little nice Pixar touches that I didn't notice, but totally makes sense. Anytime Miguel and Hector are together and they, you know, they're together and working together, Dante is calm. But if Miguel is away from Hector, uh, he's crazy and is constantly trying to herd Miguel back to Hector because... He's the spirit guide animal. 
I so, love that. Yeah, there's... I know, it's... So I will say, Amanda and I called it both times early on. Wait. This... We got to pause it. Or we got to... Oh. Um, commercial break, that's what it's called. Okay, we'll she's, be back. She's yelling at me. I guess we have to end. We'll be back. Oh, right am back I yelling? About what... <laughs> Bye, You're guys. Shouting. We'll be back in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. I so, forgot how to count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Dear listeners, I have finished my Moscow Mule, and during the commercial break, I watched my sister chug uh, a good, like, third of her wine. So we are on the home stretch. Uh, results are starting to come in for the election, and I don't know how much longer we can concentrate on this, but <laughs> we're, we're going to get through it. So, what a great movie to have this during the- <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, no, I think you, you picked well. There was uh, obviously one political aspect to it that I told you in a text message. I won't get into it here, but um, I think just a nice Pixar movie was good to to have for not only our first uh, f- movies about families thing, but also just for election night. So... One thing that I think for this movie, and I'm going to finish my thought that I had started before Haley yelled at me, screamed at me about a commercial break. Um, One thing that I think kind of lowers this down for me in terms of, you know, the ranking in Pixar films just in general is I think this movie very clearly telegraphs what the twist is early on so you saw it coming that was my question how did you know (laughs) yeah we um we were watching and when they were going through the stuff about uh what is his name uh ernesto de la cruz the the man that miguel believes is his his great-great-grandfather uh, as we're watching just the introduction, Amanda and I turned to each other and we said, okay, that's that's his great-great-grandfather, right? Like, it's clear that that's what it's setting up. And then as soon as uh, Hector was introduced and there was, like, hints of music with him, we're like, okay, no, the misdirect is that actually Hector is his great-great-grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Amanda guessed that right away, and she also, I didn't guess this, props to Amanda, she immediately said, oh, I bet you that he was actually a musical partner with Ernesto de la Cruz, and then Ernesto de la Cruz kind of screwed him over. Fucking Amanda. So, oh, my gosh. Go, Coming Amanda. Coming out swinging. She, I, she I show Amanda any... Any type of media, and she comes out swinging. She like she's like, I know how this is gonna play out. This and she calls it like ninety nine percent of the time. Oh so. my gosh, Michael's like that too. He's so good at <laughs> predicting things. I'll watch a movie and he'll say the ending. I'm like, what? I think you and I are similar in that. Like, I'm when I'm watching a movie, well, <laughs> no, it's just that I suspend disbelief while I'm watching, and it's. I, I don't try to guess too far ahead. Mm-hmm. If if I'm engaged in a movie, I'm in it for each moment. And then as twists come, I enjoy it that way. If I get kind of bored, then I'll try to figure out what's happening. Uh-huh. But So, yeah, I, I saw where the movie was going mm-hmm. before it got there. Mm-hmm. But props to Pixar when... Yeah, I knew that we were speeding towards some type of huge emotional moment with Coco, mm-hmm. where she was going to see her, her father again, or Miguel was going to connect with her. Like there was going to be some huge emotional beat there, and it still is a gut punch when it happens mm-hmm. when he sings to her. Um, I think it's appropriate that he sings to her and that 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 moment is beautiful i do wish that there was 
one additional scene with Hector getting to see his daughter, see Coco, before she dies. I agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. Because I don't like that the first time we see them interacting is after Coco has died. I agree um, with that. But it, that's a small grievance. Um, there is one thing that I want to talk about with this movie. I want to get your read on that kind of like upsetting and a little disturbing. And it's the the final death that they talk about not like the last death but the the concept of the final death in this movie um, when people are when people are forgotten completely and then they fade away from the land of the dead I know how horrifying like that right the, there just makes me want to like grab all of my ancestors pictures and just I don't know who you are but I'm going to put you up <laughs> Oh I my think gosh. It's very interesting that within so the land sad. of the dead, the people that are forgotten live in the slums. Like they live they almost look like they are homeless at times, but they're mm -hmm. like bunched together in places that you would typically call slums. And the final death for those of you who are haven't watched the movie, the concept is uh, for people who whose families no longer put out pictures for them on Day of the Dead and don't remember them, they leave the land of the dead and are forgotten. And no one knows what happens to those people who fade away. And I gotta say, on level with Inside Out, it's kind of a fucked up thing to bring to a kid's movie. <laughs> Like, absolutely is i was devastated i'm like thinking this whole time this guy's gonna be fucking forgotten and he's the actual grandfather yeah but. it's i mean it's a disturbing thing you see it early on in the scene where uh miguel needs a guitar and so hector takes him to a man who has been forgotten who kind of just lays around in his um his hammock and we watch this man die and what that accounts to is like He's laying there and he's almost having like a seizure because the last person who will have thought of him has either forgotten him or has died. So he just turns to dust and flows into the wind. In in American culture, there's a lot about leaving a legacy, doing work, and like building something of your own. Mm -hmm. that I think is very prevalent and, and not something that I think is, I don't, I don't enjoy, you know, the concept of like the work that you do is how you will be remembered. Mm -hmm. And I very much love like your legacy and who you are and your memory will live on through your family Mm -hmm. and who you interact with and who remembers you while you're gone, which is a big part of why I enjoy this movie, because it's very much about, like, family remembering family and loving family and just the horror. I mean, this very, like, human problem, the horror of being forgotten, of just not being, that being the final death is just it's a heavy fucking concept <laughs> it's so heavy for a movie for kids <sighs> that's another yeah. pixar thing i mean and the fucking Inside song Out, is remember me it's like holy <laughs> fuck i gotta remember all of these bitches <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm i know we didn't get into too many plot points for for coco i think you should just watch it it's a beautiful movie it's it's standard i think pixar fair which is higher quality than most animated movies you're gonna see but yeah yes. um what are we what's what's up next we're continuing our family isn't films. it what's lars and the real girl next your birthday Is that what's yes next? so 
My birthday is November 10th, and following th the tradition of doing, you know, we did Jaws for Haley's birthday, because mm -hmm. that's her favorite movie. Uh, we're going to do my favorite film of all time, which is Lars and the Real Girl, uh, Ryan Gosling's film. It's a weird little movie, but I can't wait to watch it again and talk about it. Um, if you have not seen it, please watch it. It's... Amazing. Brief summary, it's uh, Ryan Gosling plays a man who has a mental breakdown and orders a sex doll thinking it's an actual woman. He has a delusion and tries to, like, introduce her to his family and his family and the town he lives in, seeing that he's having, like, an emotional and mental breakdown, steps up becomes a good family and tries to help him. So it's not necessarily a comedy. It has funny parts, but it's... It's great. People stepping up to help those... Yeah, I love it. I can't wait to talk about it. I'll stop now. <laughs> um, thanks for tuning in to our episode. Uh, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to hear what you think. We've gotten a couple reviews on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if you've seen any additional reviews, Haley, but... Um, We've been getting some positive feedback, and, and we'd love more. Uh, constructive criticism helps. We want to make this. Haley, I love, Haley, I love making this show with you. This is so Me much too. fun. Uh, but we want to make this enjoyable for everyone listening. So if there's something that we can do to improve, let us know. Yes, and please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, it's us laughing at us, and Twitter, it's siblings laugh. You gotta follow it because Zach is hilarious at his responses. And please tell—I'm gonna say your whole family because this is Family Month. Tell your family we say hi, and tell them you love them. And and remember, even the most annoying uncle—he <laughs> may be the worst, but someone's got to remember him because otherwise, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to Laughing at Ourselves. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye, guys.